Hello, friends. This morning, I'm talking about John chapter 10, verses 1 to 21. This particular reading uh, comes after after John 9. Surprise, surprise. John 10 comes after John 9. But Jesus was actually having a conversation um, in John chapter 9 after healing a blind man and um, and then a whole controversy broke out and this uh, and he has this uh, basically you've got people who uh, religious authorities or Pharisees who were starting to believe in Jesus a little bit and by the end of this controversy story of the healing of the blind man and the argument that ensued, um, they they were now not believing in him anymore and just saying, um, uh, no, we need to get rid of Jesus. Like we need to, um, the, the, that, and that just keeps ramping up in John's gospel over and over again. So I'm just saying that because this is a particular passage which talks about Jesus where he's talking about, I am the good shepherd. And we forget the context of there's sort of been these two sides that have been set up in John's gospel of Jesus and then the opponents of Jesus uh, who, um, and Jesus is incredibly critical of them in the way John portrays it, basically saying like Jesus is on the side of truth and they're on the side of falsehood, that they don't know God, even though they, they uh, say they do. Um, And so, yeah, there's been lots of critique of the religious establishment by Jesus in the first nine chapters of John. And this is in that context. So um, when you start at the beginning of chapter 10, verse 1, it just starts with Jesus talking. Um, But we forget that he's actually talking to a group. And in that group in particular, there are these opponents of Jesus. So this is John chapter 10, uh, starting right at verse 1. Very truly, I tell you, this is Jesus continuing his speech. Very truly, I tell you, anyone who does not enter by the sheepfold, enter the sheepfold by the gate, but climbs in by another way is a thief and a bandit. The one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him and the sheep hear his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes ahead of them, and the sheep follow him because they know his voice. They will not follow a stranger, but they will run from him because they do not know the voice of strangers. Jesus used this figure of speech with them, but they did not understand what he was saying. Now, what is Jesus saying? (laughs) Well, I think in the context, Jesus is basically saying... um, He's basically the shepherd, right? So he is, there's a gatekeeper. Um, maybe that's the father. Maybe that's God. Maybe like opens the gate for the shepherd. The sheep hear the, the good shepherd's voice. And, and so he's called them by name and he leads them out. And uh, that's what a shepherd does. And so the people he's, is he saying basically, look, the people who are following me, the same kinds of things he's been saying in John's gospel, the people who are following me, they know me, they listen to my voice, and they're not going to follow a stranger, the the one who is there, who is a thief and a bandit, who's gotten in here um, by another way, who hasn't come in through the gate. 
and um, who is not connected to the father. Um, so yeah, maybe that's what he's saying, but it isn't really fully explained here. Uh, instead, Jesus shifts metaphors, okay? So he stays on the same theme of like sheeps and gates and shepherds, um, and but he flips between two different ones and it can be a bit confusing. Um, so we get to verse seven and it says, so they didn't understand what he was saying. So again, Jesus said to them, very truly, I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. All who came before me were thieves and bandits. <laughs> All. <laughs> wow. Uh, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters by me will be saved and will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. So everyone who's come before me are thieves and bandits. So they are there illegitimately. They're there for the wrong reasons. They are there to kill and destroy. It's a pretty harsh critique. Um, but Jesus is saying, so on the first, in the first place, Jesus is saying, I'm the shepherd. Sheep hear my voice. They recognize it. They're following me. The people who are following me, they recognize me. They know me. Here he's saying, I am the gate. So basically, like anyone who comes up to the gate and enters by the gate, they will be rescued. They will be safe. Um, they're going to be able to come in to the pasture they'll be, and they'll be able to go out. They'll be able to come into the sheepfold and they'll be able to go out into the pasture, um, come in and go out and find pasture. So that is the entry point and it's the sending out point. Um, so I'm the way to, to, to have that, that life, that beautiful life of safety in the sheepfold and, uh, feeding in the pastures. Right. Um, so those who've come before, uh, who is Jesus talking about? Those who've come before, um, is he talking about those in authority now? I don't think he's talking about, I do not think he's talking about like the prophets and Moses and Abraham because elsewhere in John's gospel, Jesus has talked positively about Moses, Abraham and the prophets who have come before um, he seems to be talking more about those who have taken authority for themselves, right? That those seem to be the people who he is against. And so he's he's basically saying like, those are thieves and bandits and they are setting things up in such a way that, you know, the regular people are not having this life. They're not having this abundant life. They're being weighed down. They're being killed, destroyed. Um, whether that's physical or spiritual death. Um, and, and he's come to that those, that those people may have life and have it abundantly. And then we get verse 11. I am the good shepherd. And so Jesus ends up like having a number of I am statements. He's referred to himself as I am, like the great I am. We've talked about that. But also he has a number of statements where he says, I am, and then you know, there's the way, the truth, and the life. I am the light of the world. We've heard that one already. I am the good shepherd. So here's another image that Jesus is giving about who he is. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. So 
this is interesting because you can see when you look at Jesus, you can see how he enacts his love and his care for those who are his own, right? Those who are whom he has called and who have followed him and who believe that he is telling the truth and all of that. So what he does is this good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand, so now we've got somebody else. So we've had thieves, bandits. Now we've got the hired hand. The hired hand, who is not the shepherd and does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and runs away. And the wolf snatches them and scatters them. The hired hand runs away because a hired hand does not care for the sheep. Okay, so now again, he's introducing more things. So we've had thieves, bandits. Maybe that's the authorities. Maybe the hired hand is now the bandits in this other metaphor. So he's shifting between initially he's the uh, he's the shepherd of the sheep. Um, then he's the gate um, f- for the sheep to go in and out of. And um, and now he's back to being the shepherd and there's this hired hand. So So someone who is, you know, not really... They don't actually, hired hands don't actually care for the sheep, right? Like they're just there because that's their job. But if it gets really hard, if a wolf shows up, they just, they, they, they don't, they don't care for the sheep, right? They just run away. Jesus though says, I am the good shepherd. Verse 14, I know my own and my own know me just as the father knows me and I know the father and I lay my life down for the sheep. I have other sheep that do not belong to this fold. I must bring them also, and they will listen to my voice. So there will be one flock and one shepherd. Uh, Really interesting, right? This little bit about, I have other sheep that do not belong to this fold. Hmm, who are they? Right? So if we remember back to what has been happening with uh, Jesus' opponents uh, a number of times, this came up, I think, yesterday, Um, in John 9, where the opponents of Jesus, one of the accusations that they level at him is, surely you are a Samaritan and have a demon. And earlier in the gospel, there was a question of, oh, nothing good can come from Nazareth, can it? And then uh, in another place, oh, like, are you from Galilee? Like, that's, no, no, no. And here, What is Jesus doing is he's saying, you know, the sheep are listening to my voice. They know me. I know them just as the father knows me and I know the father, right? We're going to actually know one another. And, but there are other sheep who don't belong to this fold and I'm going to bring them also. They're, they're, they're going to listen to my voice like Samaritans. Oh my goodness. Um, and then we'll find that this expands beyond that to Gentiles, to anyone who will hear the voice of the Good Shepherd. And the religious authorities of that time would have said, no, 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 like this is just about us. This is just about our group, our tribe, our no, no one else is, is allowed. And we get to decide who we kick out even. Um, because that's what happened in John 9 with the men born blind. Um, We're the ones who get to decide who's in and who's out. And Jesus is saying, like, it's way wider than that. 
It's actually way wider than your imaginations. I'm going to bring others who are not part of this fold. And surprise, surprise, they are going to be included in this flock. And there's going to be one flock and there will be one shepherd, as in Jesus, right? For this reason, so verse 17, for this reason, the father loves me because I lay down my life in order to take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have power to lay it down and I have power to take it up again. I have received this command from my father. So here again, he's talking about his own death, that he's going to lay down his life for the sheep, both those that are part of the current fold, those who are already included, are already able to go to the the festivals in, in Jerusalem and already allowed in the temple, and um, but also, and more importantly, for those outside the fold, those who have been excluded, those who have been told, you're not welcome here. Jesus, like like with the man born blind, goes and finds them and brings them because they listen to his voice. Wow. So when we kind of think about this for today, like it's, it's hard because we have churches that are focused on Jesus, right? But we at the same time have churches that are also churches that are places of exclusion and places where they say, look, certain kinds of people, we don't really want them around here. Um, and that's not actually the Christian way. Like that's not the way of Jesus. Jesus is out there in the world trying to encourage people come to me. Like I'm the gate. It's not, it's not those gatekeepers over there that are saying that you've got to do X, Y, and Z. It's me. Come to me. And I'm the gate that the sheep can enter in and out of. And I'm the one that's going to give life and give it abundantly. Not those gatekeepers. Um, and so it's quite fascinating what Jesus is doing. And um, it's pretty amazing what that might mean for today's church as well. Anytime the church starts behaving as a gatekeeper, we're actually falling into the same trap that the religious authorities of Jesus' time were falling into. That Jesus was actually trying to open the gate, be the gate for the, an open uh, invitation and uh, a call to people who are excluded or on the outside. And um, and yet there are lots of cases of the church actually pushing people away and being exclusionary rather than trying to um, be alongside Christ in doing this open arms welcome. Um, so there's a challenge there for the church, but there's also this incredible... Uh, welcome and giving of life that Jesus wants to give to anyone um, who will hear his voice. Um, yeah, so this is what Jesus is up to and what Jesus is about. And he will go so far and does go so far to actually lay down his life for this cause. So um, he actually gives his life for the cause of the regular people actually having a gate into this abundant life that can be received from God himself. Uh, so that that's where this is all going. But then we get to verse 19 and we're back into the context that I talked about at the beginning. So Jesus says all of this, a long, long speech from Jesus. And then we read again, the Jews were divided because of these words. So um, his opponents uh, were divided because of these words. Many of them were saying, he has a demon and is out of his mind. Why listen to him? Others were saying, 
These are not the words of one who has a demon. Can a demon open the eyes of the blind? Right. So they're still on the blind man episode, right? The the healing that that he did. Um, but I I think this is this is interesting. I think I mentioned this before. Is that um, you can't really. There's sort of like these two responses that are painted in John. Either Jesus is out of his mind or he's telling the truth and he really is the great I am. He really is God among us and there really is abundant life in him Uh, or he's out of his mind. But you can't really go in between. There's a great C.S. Lewis quote about this that that gets thrown around and I can't remember what it is, but he used to, he had a, he has a quote that kind of illustrates that you can't you either have to admit that that Jesus is God or he's crazy you you can't actually have oh he's just like a good teacher um because his teaching actually points if you actually believe what he teaches then it's pointing to him being God um and a lot of that is is really evident in John's gospel when we read John's gospel as we've been doing that um through now to chapter 10 so, uh, yeah, that's a great uh, place to stop, probably. And we have this beautiful image in this particular text of the Good Shepherd and, and this image of the gate as well. So maybe today, as you're reflecting on this, what does it mean for you if you want to actually follow Jesus, if you're like intrigued by him and you think, oh, yes, like have life and have it abundantly. And I want that not just for me, but for anyone. What does it then mean for you to truly hear his voice, to truly follow the, the good shepherd and this one who laid down his life? Um, what might that mean for you today? Uh, that's a little bit of what I take from this text today. And thanks again for joining me. Um, and I hope you have a great day and a great weekend as I'm recording this on Friday. Take care, everyone. <laughs>